Good evening, my friends. I hope it is midnight wherever you are. Why don't you turn out all the lights? Yes, even that one. That's better. My name is Josh Hitchens, and this is Going Dark Theater. And this midnight I will tell you the tale of the immortal monster, part one. The castle now again behold, then mark yon lofty turret bold, which frowns upon the western wing, its grim walls darkly shadowing. There is a room within that tower no mortal dare approach. The power of an avenging ghost is there, dread, awfully displayed, beware, and enter not that dreadful room, else yours may be a fearful doom. For well over six hundred years, Glam's castle has been reputed to be one of the most haunted places in the world. Located in the county of Angus, which is regarded as the birthplace of Scotland as an independent nation, Glam's castle is known in the modern era for being the childhood home of Elizabeth Bowes Lyon, the mother of Queen Elizabeth II. After her daughter became Queen of England, she became known as the Queen Mother until her death at 101 years old in 2002. Ghost stories and mysterious legends about Glam's castle were circulated at a fever pitch during the Victorian era and have continued into the present day. But before we delve into the extensively documented haunted history of the castle, we must go back even further in time. Strange things were happening at Glam's long before the creepy castle came to be built. The area now known as Angus, Scotland, has been occupied by human beings since the Neolithic period 12,000 years ago. By the 8th century, the area we now call Angus was known as Sersin, one of the seven kingdoms of the Picts an ancient confederation of Celtic-language-speaking peoples who existed from the Iron Age up into early medieval times. The name Pict evolved from the Latin word Picti and is usually interpreted to mean the painted people, suggesting to many historians that the Picts may have ritually tattooed themselves. Angus, the county's name in modern times, comes from the Pictish king Angus who ruled the kingdom of Sersin during the 8th century. One of the few remaining relics of the ancient Pictish culture are many elaborately carved standing stones that have been found in Scotland during modern times, depicting crosses and other artwork, as well as writings in the long-extinct Pictish language. One of these, known as the Isi Stone, was created in the 8th century 
and found a thousand years later in the 18th century in a river near Angus. Among other things, the Easy Stone depicts three cloaked human figures standing by a large tree. Hanging from the tree's branches are objects that several scholars have identified as severed human heads. Methought I heard a voice cry, Sleep no more. Gloms hath murdered sleep, and therefore Caldor shall sleep no more. Macbeth shall sleep no more. Most people may have only heard of Glom's castle by reading William Shakespeare's Macbeth, a tragedy filled with violent bloodshed, multiple ghostly apparitions, prophecies, and witchcraft. In the play, Macbeth lives at Glom's castle, and it is within the dark and shadowy walls of this place where he murders the good old King Duncan. As usual, Shakespeare wasn't strictly accurate with his history. The real King Macbeth had nothing to do with Glom's, but there was a Scottish king murdered on the site where Glom's castle was eventually built, and that story leads up to the events depicted in Shakespeare's famous tragedy of ambition, murder, and death. By 1034, a royal hunting lodge had been built on the site of the future Glom's castle, History and legend record that King Malcolm II, nicknamed Fornach, Gaelic for the Destroyer, was murdered there at midnight on November 25, 1034. King Malcolm II's successor was his grandson Duncan I, called Antalarak, Gaelic for the Diseased or the Sick. The real King Duncan was killed in battle on August 14, 1040, most likely by Macbeth, who succeeded Duncan as the King of Scotland. Unlike the character in Shakespeare's play, the real Macbeth was not considered a bloodthirsty tyrant. In fact, Macbeth ruled peacefully for 17 years before being murdered by Duncan's eldest son, Malcolm, who became King Malcolm III. Shakespeare writes in Macbeth, it will have blood. They say blood will have blood. This dark piece of real Scottish history is honored in Glam's castle today. There is a bedchamber called King Malcolm's Room, which supposedly was built on the exact same spot as the Hunter's Lodge where King Malcolm II was murdered in 1034. On the floor of that room, there was a large blood stain that would reappear every time it was scrubbed away. Finally, the entire floor was replaced, and the blood stain of Glam's was never seen again. Castles are usually built on high ground, and one of the tallest points in Angus is a wooded area called Hunter's Hill. It was also called Fiery Pans, meaning fiery tops, due to the large bonfires that were lit there during pagan ceremonial rituals. It was on this place that Glam's castle was originally supposed to be built in the 1300s. 
As construction began, things immediately started to go wrong. Every morning, when the workers returned to the hill, they discovered the foundation stones had been torn down, scattered and broken during the previous night. After this happened several times, one worker was hired to stand guard on the hill. He stood alone in the darkness, but had the eerie feeling that something was watching him. Finally, he heard a strange voice speak to him from the trees, and the voice intoned these ominous words. Build not on this enchanted spot where man hath neither part nor lot. Build the castle down in yonder bog, and it will neither shake nor shog. This supernatural warning was taken seriously. Construction on Hunter's Hill immediately stopped, and Glam's castle was built on lower ground. Some say that Hunter's Hill was and is the domain of the fairies or the little people. Others say it is guarded by the spirits of ancient Picts. Hunter's Hill also has a Pictish stone, which has been standing in the same spot since the 8th century. To this day, Hunter's Hill remains a dense forest, uninhabited by human beings. Glam's castle was finally completed by 1372. The castle was given to Sir John Lyon, the Thane of Glam's, as a wedding gift from King Robert II. John Lyon had married the king's daughter, Princess Joanna, and the king also granted John Lyon the titles of Lord Glam's and the Earl of Strathmore. Glam's castle has been owned by the Lyon family ever since, continuously, for over 600 years. There is only one break in that line of ownership, and the tragic tale behind it brings about the origin of the first ghost of Glam's castle. Over 400 years ago, the sixth earl married a woman named Janet Douglas, regarded as one of the most beautiful and most respected women in Europe at that time. Janet and the Earl had a son, John Lyon, and Janet lived happily at Glam's castle until her husband suddenly died on September 17, 1528. Janet, Lady Glam's, was falsely accused of poisoning her husband, but the charges were eventually dropped. She married her second husband, Archibald Campbell, in the summer of 1532, while still making her home at Glam's castle. Lady Janet was born into the Douglas clan of Scotland, and her brother was the stepfather of King James V. Janet's brother had imprisoned the future king for a time in his youth, and this left James with a deep-seated hatred of anyone who bore the Douglas name. When Lord Glam's died, this left Janet vulnerable, and King James V decided to take his revenge on the Douglas clan, but he had help. William Lyon, a relative of Janet's first husband, wanted Lady Glam's for himself. 
when she rejected when she rejected his advances and married her second husband Archibald Campbell instead William Lyon became filled with rage he thought of killing Janet himself but then devised an even more malevolent way of destroying her William Lyon went to King James V and told his majesty that Janet Douglas was a witch who wanted to murder the king. This gave King James V the ammunition he needed. In 1537, the king had Janet Douglas arrested on charges of witchcraft and of conspiring to poison him with deadly potions. Janet, along with her second husband Archibald Campbell and her 16-year-old son John Lyon, were all imprisoned in the dark dungeons of Edinburgh Castle, while King James V seized Glam's castle and all its contents for his own. Putting Lady Janet and her son into prison was easy for King James V, but convincing the courts that she was indeed a witch who wanted to kill him was more difficult. Janet Douglas had a spotless reputation among all who knew her, so, in order to gain the necessary evidence for a conviction, King James resorted to the favorite tactic of the witch hunters of the time, torture. The servants of Janet Douglas were put on the rack. The rack is a medieval torture device consisting of a rectangular wooden frame slightly raised from the ground. The victim's wrists are tied to one end of the rack. The ankles are tied to the other. As the interrogation progressed, a turning wheel is used to very gradually retract the ropes slowly increasing the strain on the prisoner's shoulders, hips, knees, and elbows, and causing excruciating pain, straining the ropes until the victim's joints were dislocated and eventually completely separated. And if the muscles are stretched to the breaking point, they permanently lose their ability to contract rendering the victim's arms and legs useless and broken. One gruesome auditory aspect of being stretched too far on the rack are the loud popping noises made by snapping cartilage, tearing muscles, and breaking bones. And of course, the screaming. Janet's young son, John, was forced to watch as the servants were being tortured on the rack, and then he was put on the rack himself. After enduring this unspeakable agony, they all proclaimed that Janet Douglas, Lady Gloms, was a witch who had tried to kill the king with her diabolical magic. There was a trial where this evidence collected under torture was presented. But before being sentenced, Lady Janet Douglas was brought to the bar to make her final statement. It was recorded, and this is some 
of what Lady Janet Douglas said. My chief crime is that I am descended from the family of Douglas. Those who hate my brother now discharge their spite upon me and seek to gratify their revenge with my blood. I am completely innocent of those crimes I am charged with. It is the office of you judges to protect injured innocence. But if the malice and power of my enemies be such that whether innocent or guilty I must be condemned, I shall die cheerfully, having the testimony of a good conscience. Assure yourselves that you shall certainly find it easier to take away my life than to blast my reputation or to fix any real blot upon my memory. And the greater will be your guilt and the more terrible your condemnation when you shall be tried at the great day by God who shall then make you all suffer those fiery torments to which I am unjustly condemned. On July 15th, 1537, Lady Janet Douglas, nearly blind from her long imprisonment in the dark dungeons, was led to the scaffold and burned alive at the stake. Her son John was forced to watch. The day after Janet's fiery end, her second husband, Archibald Campbell, attempted to escape from Edinburgh Castle. He fell from its battlements to his death. It is said that King James V later regretted his decision to execute Janet Douglas. The king banished William Lyon, Janet's initial accuser, from Scotland soon after the trial ended. But the king kept her son, John Lyon, in prison. John Lyon was finally freed after King James V died, and he reclaimed Glam's castle for his own. Sadly, he found that the king had taken almost everything of value from Glam's, and John had to start anew. One of the first things John Lyon did was to restore the chapel inside Glam's castle in his mother's memory. The chapel has an aura of sadness about it that never goes away, and it is haunted by the ghost of Janet Douglas. Known as the Grey Lady, or more rarely the White Lady, this apparition has often been seen kneeling at one of the pews, the light from the windows passing through her body, forming a strange pattern on the floor. She has also been seen entering and leaving the chapel through the closed door. Today, there is one pew always kept vacant for her, and before entering the chapel it is customary to knock three times in order not to disturb this lonely ghost. The specter of the Grey Lady has also been seen many times in the clock tower at Glam's castle, bathed in the frightening crimson glow of the fire that burned her alive. Another spectral manifestation of Lady Janet's horrific death 
can still occasionally be heard at Glom's, the hollow sound of knocking and hammering on wood is sometimes heard in the middle of the night, the eerie echoes of Janet Douglas' scaffold being built centuries ago. One account from 1880 was told by a woman who came to stay at Glom's castle for a few days as a guest of the Bose Lion family. After her first night sleeping in the castle, she was asked the following morning if she had a pleasant night's rest. The woman replied, Up to four o'clock in the morning. Your Scottish carpenters seem to come to work very early. I suppose they are putting up their scaffolding quickly, though, for they are quiet now. Then she noticed that the faces of the family members had all suddenly gone pale. They explained there had been no construction at the castle for some time, and asked their guest to never speak of it again. Family legend says that the sound of the scaffold being built is seen as a warning from the ghost of Janet Douglas, the Grey Lady, that a member of the family will soon die. Not long after this incident in 1880, one of the sons of the current Lord Gloms accidentally, tragically, drowned. Another haunting at Glam's castle is associated with the crypt. The crypt at Glam's does not actually have any bodies buried in it that we know of, but it is one of the oldest parts of the castle, dating back to medieval times. To reach the crypt, you go through a hidden door in the castle's dining room. The crypt has a barrel-vaulted ceiling, and flickering candles illuminate its ancient stone walls and floor. Suits of armor, centuries old, stand guard against the dark shadows. It is an eerie place, the setting for a strange, supernatural tale. Legend has it that sometime in the 15th century, there was a wicked earl who was nicknamed Earl Beardy because of his very long, full beard. He was also known as the Tiger Earl because of his short temper, and he also had a passion for drinking and gambling. One Saturday night, the earl was roaring drunk and playing cards. As the evening stretched toward midnight, a servant informed the earl that it was time to retire, since it was a sin to play cards on the Sabbath. The earl, in his drunken fury, said that he would keep playing cards until doomsday, that he would even play cards with the devil himself. As the clock told twelve, there was a loud knocking at the castle door. A tall man, dressed in black, asked to be admitted the earl, very intoxicated now, said, Come in in the devil's name. As the witching hour passed, a servant listened to the earl and the strange man gambling in a small locked room inside the crypt. The swearing and the yelling increased, and it seemed that the earl was losing. 
The servant, unable to control his curiosity, decided to look through the door's keyhole to see what was happening. At that moment, a bright flash of white light came through the keyhole, blinding the servant in one eye. Then the earl came roaring out of the room and beat the servant for spying on him. When the earl went back into the room to resume his card game, the dark stranger had vanished. Legend has it that the tall man was indeed the devil himself, and he convinced the earl to sell his own soul. For centuries afterward, the sound of a man screaming obscenities has been heard echoing in the crypt at midnight, with the ghost of the earl trapped in that room playing cards with the devil for all eternity. These sounds so disturbed subsequent residents of Glam's castle that the room in the crypt was eventually walled up, but the sounds are still heard to this day. Florence Foster, who was a cook on staff at Glam's castle in the 1950s, told a newspaper, I've heard them in the crypt, the devil and the earl. I've heard them rattle the dice, stamp and swear. The ghost of the earl has also been seen throughout the castle over the centuries. Both adults and children have often reported waking up in the middle of the night to see the terrifying sight of a giant man with a long beard standing over them, bending down over them, and looking right into their eyes. This is not the end of the tale of the immortal monster. There are many more stories of Glam's castle yet to be told. Join me next midnight, won't you, for part two. If you like what you hear, please like Going Dark Theater on Facebook. And if you should wish to support me in this podcast and get access to the text of each episode, as well as other spooky things I'm writing and recording, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Josh Hitchens. This is Going Dark Theater, and I've been your host. Please join me next midnight, my friends. The ghosts of Glam's castle are waiting for you. Until then, 